Amazon bought Twitch. Guardians of the Galaxy was a huge success, and Doctor Who has returned, so there's that. The Airwaves Season 2 is go. And Super Duper special guest Carl Madden from Macafoot. Get off! Wait, get off! Enough! The final quarter of 2014 is upon us, and so is Season 2 of The Airwaves, the podcast that has a set running order of stories, but then veers off course and generally has a good time while doing it. With me this week, as always, Tony Blunt. How's things, mate? Not bad, not bad. I've uh, just recently got back from a lovely week on the Isle of Wight. I was going to say, you've been on holiday, haven't you? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I've not had time to watch anything, really, but, you know... Mm. Bit of sun, sand and suds, I suppose, is it? Yeah, yeah, very much the suds, yeah. Excellent, excellent stuff, excellent stuff. And next up, finishing his Cornetto at great speed, Alex G. Fox has things, Alex. (laughs) It's all right, I've got Cornetto in my beard. It's not really... (laughs) I'll have to wash that off with beer. Excellent. It's um, it's getting dark and it's only quarter to eight. I know, it's getting dark in the evenings, isn't it? All the the cloud cover makes it worse, doesn't it? Yeah, and I want to say about... Ten minutes ago, my wife, who's been away, and as as it is, I've been here. My wife, who's been away, comes back and then does the washing. Oh, I'm such a git, and I. Anyway, she just brought in a load of stuff and just put it down, and all of a sudden the heavens open. So I can give you a weather report live from on the spot. It's <laughs> raining. Fantastic. And last but not least, fresh from installing NSSD in his iMac, or at least watching it being done. Carl Madden, how did that go? Uh, no, I'll have you know, I've done about 50% of it as well. 50% of it? The 50% that went wrong. Is that, I was going to say, is that the 50% that included buying the, the special screwdrivers, the replacement screws No, that no, themselves? no, i actually done stuff as well. Rick helped me out. He, he'd really? done the little fiddly bits, but you know, he, mm-hmm. he left me to it, and I had that look of sheer horror on my face as he did so, but we, we got there in the end. You did look like a... a you you did look like you were going through some trauma in that picture that you uh, that you put up on Twitter or Rick put up on Twitter. <laughs> I didn't even know he'd taken it. That's how much trauma I was in. I didn't realise that he'd taken me a picture. But anyway, so what I always ask you, Russ, are we in iTunes yet? No, not yet. God it's happen- it's happening very soon. It's happening very soon. Very soon. Very soon. You do know no one listens to the show unless it's in iTunes. Oh, they do. Very good no. for. People right, okay. do listen to the show. I have accurate figures from Podtrack. Well, so do I. Accurate from figure Piggy. from Libsyn. Yes, exactly. Yes. I know. It's yes. Great stuff. Excellent. Yeah, but even this- I can count up to 10. Indeed. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> 10,000. 10,000 million. Are you going to be documenting the, the whole experience of installing an SSD on, uh, on your show? Do you know what? I started to. I, I set the thing off, set the phone off, and I had it on time-lapse, and it took so long, <laughs> even the time-lapse ran out of space. I just think you could have done a hyper-lapse. I could have, but um, like I said, I set a decent time-lapse up, and it still ran out of space. Yeah. Uh, well, I'll tell you what, speaking of, speaking of time-lapses, I did, because um, I have a, about a about a 50 minute drive to work every morning and I did a uh, using um, Instagram's new app Hyperlapse I did a I did a time lapse all the way all the way to work and it's quite a it's quite a relaxing watch actually 
And he's put some good. I've done that one a few years ago when I was driving around in London all day long. And uh, I think I put the bullet music to it in the background. Oh, right. <laughs> yeah, I, and, yeah. I remember seeing that actually. Yeah, yeah, and then the van blows up at the end as well. All right, excellent. Because uh, what Hyperlapse does, it, it um, I think it's a technology that Microsoft came up with. It, it kind of smooths the um, smooths everything out and, and applies some stabilization. Yeah, it removes frames here and there, zooms in other places, doesn't it? Yeah, it, it does a lot of, of interpolation. It mm. yeah. I was talking to Carl the other day about how video production is point and click now, and it's so simple. Well, this is what and you're talking like, about hyperlapse. It's just interesting because we were talking about, you know, back in the day, if you wanted to make a movie or something, you needed. Uh, we were going through video editing, you know, yeah, real yeah, to real or wrestling. I used to have to do it at school. And we were just talking about, I mean, it's media, isn't it? We were just talking about, yeah, you know, okay, Apple made it quite simple, but now some of the output you can get from a mobile device is extraordinary. And the fact that it will do the editing for you. It will do the slow mo for you. It will do all that sort of stuff, and you know what? It, what it means is everyone that wants to do it professional needs to up their game a bit because of you know the basic stuff is covered by point and shoot. Yeah. Well, the quality of the cameras in phones and things, and the the price of the software. Most of it's free. Hyperlapse is free, and you get something that's better than a Hollywood um, effects company could have done a couple of years ago. Sure. I mean, bear in mind, I mean, obviously, you, you know, you can't focus on anything properly and it's got to be in good light. Yes, you can. You just push it. Press the thing you want to focus in and bang, it focuses. Yeah, that's if you remember to do it, though, isn't it, Carl? Mm. <laughs> Moving yeah, on. If you, if you remember to focus, <laughs> you must keep focus. Speaking of focus, let us move our focus to the science fiction series named Doctor Who, namely Doctor Who series eight. <laughs> Oh, my first break then. Yeah, 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 it's good, it's good. Um, right, so um, new series of Doctor Who started a couple of weeks ago, if no one noticed it, Peter you Capaldi know, in the chair. I, I waited all year for this, right, for this yeah. to start, and then on last Saturday, I went out because I forgot it was on. Oh, you... <laughs> Brilliant. And it was only when I was in the pub, I thought, Doctor Who's on. Yeah. No, I had a gig. So I've been waiting for it all, all most of the year. And then I thought, oh, we've got a gig booked for the 20-somethingth of August. I was on holiday and I managed to watch it. Really? I, I was watching Sonic yeah. on the other side. Does this not speak to the the, the attention that, that the four of us pay Doctor Who these no, days? No, I think it speaks to the, uh, the fact that even now we know if we miss it, doesn't matter because yeah. we got iPlayer. iPlayer. Right. The availability of the of of the stuff. So, who's so, so the first the first episode then? What does everyone think? Tom, we'll start with you, sir. I, I enjoyed it. Um, it was, you know, all the starts for the different Doctors have been kind of not the best stories, have they? But they they have been a good showcase for the actor, if that makes sense. And uh, I thought this was the same. It you know, it sort of. It showed Capaldi doing what we've kind of seen him doing before, but with less swearing. Yeah. <laughs> and and then um, doing a very good imitation of Matt Smith for some of it as well. But I enjoyed it, the way it sort of transitioned from that, you know, yeah. into his own style, really. Yeah, I I must admit, when I in the first couple of minutes, while it, when it was on, I saw, it was the first couple of seconds, wasn't it? I saw the green lizard woman, and I nearly turned it off. What? I nearly turned it off because I was thinking, oh, it's just more going to be more of the same, isn't it? Oh dear. But anyway, that's just that's just me. I thought it was okay. It was it was damn long though, wasn't it? 
It was obviously a special. Yeah, it was about an hour and fifteen hour twenty. Minutes. Yeah, yeah, like that. But yeah, and I, I enjoyed it. I mean, I, I did, like I say, I was in the pub, and then I realised, oh, oh crap, I've missed it. And then I watched it when I got in, and I was tired. And well, I'm using the word tired, meaning drunk <laughs> off my head. But um, but I was tired, and uh, I watched it, and I sort of didn't really pay much attention. I thought, oh, that wasn't too bad. Well, that was, mm. and then I watched it again the next morning when I was like awake or sober, depending on how you want to look at it. And I loved it. I thought it was great. The way the, the story, that Clara is more developed in this one. He's, it's not so lovey-dovey. Mm. I like the little bits like how Stephen Moffat does his stories, like the fact how they like portrayed her having to hold her breath and the way that was visualized because it's very hard to show someone holding their breath for so long. Mm. But it's just, I'm not sure about this Missy bit at the end, because I only know one Missy, and that kind of freaks me out yeah, a bit. Yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh. but, but on the whole, I mean, he's, he's, he's a capable actor, so I'm, I'm, it's too early really to say what his, his direction's going to be, but it's certainly a lot different. And also, when you say, when he first popped out of the TARDIS on the, on the side of the Thames there, I tell you, I couldn't understand a word he said. <laughs> it took me a little while to get past the accent and actually yeah. hear what he was saying yeah the i, th- I think he's it's it's nice to uh, like you know like christopher eccleston had an he was a he was a northerner uh it's it's nice to have uh peter capaldi have his you know have his scottish accent yeah. it it does it does work as you say once you get used to it but all you got to do is switch yourself into malcolm tucker mode and off you go best tweet yeah. i saw the night was someone <laughs> said that is the weirdest thick of it episode I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's about right. That's about yeah. right. I mean, on, on the uh, on the Missy thing as well. The only, the bit that bothered me about that most was it was so out of the blue. Yeah, there was nothing, absolutely nothing, to build up to that little yeah. bit at the end. That's obviously their arc this season, isn't it? So. Yeah, and I've got I've got a fear I've got a theory, and I, I fear I've got a theory. I, I hope I'm not that's right, but I, ho- I think it's going to be end up being River Song somehow. <laughs> Oh no! I know. I hope I'm wrong. I hope oh, I'm wrong. Dear Alex, I, I've seen really quiet, Alex, Alex has been very quiet. He's he's been thinking through what everyone's <laughs> saying, and now he is going Grimacing. to blow us all <laughs> now away. Put it all in our place. Yeah. Right. Okay. <laughs> Here we go. Right. Right. You know. Here we go. Right. The, the Missy thing. It made me think. Oh no! Not we're not going to do this thing you know like the, the lady that had the patch on her eye business i was thinking oh we're not starting that in old nonsense again you know it's one thing having an arc but it's yeah oh yeah exactly well let him have noah's arc right now moffat did the thing that see partly i admire and partly it really drives me mad is he uses the first show to answer all the questions e.g Right, so what we're going to do, little girls aren't going to like him very much, right? So, so what he does, he answers all the questions in the show. He uses a storyline for him to say, oh, you know, I'm an old man, I'm going to be different. I'm not going to do the romance. I'm going to do this. I'm not going to do And it's like almost talking to the audience. And that part of it bothers me as in it's not a sci-fi story. It's brought it to us as the viewer we don't want that as a sci-fi we want to be sitting there watching something fantastical that we are not part of it's got to have that distance and it was almost like a Q&A session for all the people that are going to be bothered that he's old and he's not Matt Smith and it was really I thought well you know what you couldn't have been more obvious about it and that I didn't particularly enjoy um 
But that wasn't aimed at you, was it? You, you're a person that can understand because you've been through this before. A lot of people, Matt Smith and David Tennant, were their first doctors. Yeah, but and to them, it's weird that they change complete actors. Yeah, they but think, well, it, why can't they still do it? No, but it, well, it wasn't. It was a. It was the way it was done. It was the. It was almost as crass as that thing that Zoe Ball did when they introduced Peter Capaldi. <laughs> no, 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 it was no, no, really no, no. stop, uh, Alex. Oh that is quite possibly the worst thing the BBC has ever done, and that includes El Dorado. I quite like El Dorado. Now, it, anyway, look, I, I, I've got it right. I'll be honest with you. <laughs> Didn't think Peter Capaldi was very good, right? But because Peter Capaldi is playing Matt Smith at the moment, because they haven't written for Peter Capaldi he, yet, it will I think take he a was series. The first twenty minutes. And then, well, no. then it shifted. I think it has shifted, especially in the second episode. It mm, seems see, to, I think yeah. it's going to take a series for them to start working out who to Peter it, yeah. is as a doctor. Yeah. Now, going to the second episode, now I'm, it's very hard. I don't want to do any spoilers for anyone, right? I saw a lot of people, oh, that was rubbish, right? But then I sort of, again, I didn't watch it live, and I made the mistake of turning on my phone to see... Um, it was probably Tone tweeting the whole through it. I can't remember. But, <laughs> yeah, probably. Anyway, and I thought, oh, okay, so you didn't like it. And I was big, I was ready to go, well, this isn't going to be very good. But I actually thought it was it was a nice story as in it had a start, a middle, and a finish. And that's what we want from Doctor Who. They, uh, it was really odd. They had um, Clara meeting... Possibly a new bow, right? And I'm sure that's the idea, right? Uh, which Alex is, you is know, from the 1800s. <laughs> okay. Which is, this is trying to step her away from the romantic side of Doctor Who. But well, that was, that was, per, per, first of all, for, well, no, I can't treat the Doctor, you know. Um, but there was the weird, it was just, it was too many similar, like the first episode was too many similar characters. It was a bit stupid. It was this dinosaur thing. It was almost like, a painting by numbers, Doctor Who. Right, let's just chuck in every last bit we could possibly do out of all the tacky Doctor Whos and and make it in one episode and be done, right? There, how many characters can we get in there that's normal? It didn't need any of that. He needed to be on some strange planet. It's too much Earth again. There's too much based around here again. There's too much it, Earth and too much human, I think. That's the point. And yeah. like, there's too much talking to the audience and there's not enough Peter Capaldi being someone that isn't the same as the last Doctor Who's. He's still far too nice. You know, I was hoping he would be really, really angry and grumpy. He did that bit at the beginning, oh, am I nice or am I not? And he did it almost with a... It it was almost inane in its delivery. There was no anger in it. Okay. But there was no ginger line. Right. But there was no anger in it. There was no... he, He was just... It was so dumbed down. No, so dumbed down. There was no anger, but indifference. Yeah. He didn't care. When, when, uh. When he, like, messed, he killed the guy, died, he didn't care. And when he moved on, when he fixed the Dalek, he, yeah, spoiler that. But when he fixed the, the, the problem, he went, oh, well, they see, they are evil. What do you want me to do about it? I didn't learn anything today. It was only the prompting from the human character said, are you sure you haven't learned yeah. anything today? That, yeah, never, ha- that it- never happened in the original series, I don't think. There was never it wasn't any- angry. None of it was. None yeah. of it was. You remember when um, Christopher Eccleston turned into David Tennant? Mm. David Tennant had some real... He, he, he really, it, was a, it was a much better transition. It was really... Mm. 
I didn't. He didn't know what was going on around him. He didn't know who he was, or what he was. The situation was a more bizarre situation. He was thrown into this situation of strings. Yeah, having to save the world though, without knowing really who he was. And I just, you know what? I think this needs more. You remember they did the one with Tennant and Freema, right? And he had had to wipe his own. Um, yeah. understanding of who he was, right? The watch thing. The watch, yeah. yeah. That was yeah. a very good episode. Yeah, and it did, and that had a certain amount of darkness to it. It had a certain amount of, he wasn't sure enough of himself. He didn't want people to live. He didn't want, he didn't know what was going on, right? And that was the level that this could have been. Because it seems to me that they've <clears> taken <throat> the chance of putting in Capaldi, who is not going to be, a pretty boy, girls are like him, and he's not going to flop around looking silly, right? And I think they should have hit the ground running and been a lot more angry, a lot more. And I'd like a lot more... I'd like um, the girl, I've got her name now, Cara. I'd like her not to just be questioning whether she's good or bad. I'd like her to be really, really questioning whether she wants to be anywhere near the man or not, how much she doesn't trust him. I think there's a there's a point there, there's an opportunity to there to really put in some actually hard-hitting drama back into Doctor Who and within the kid. confines of Doctor yeah. Who. Yeah, I was going to say, he's a kid's show, though. Remember that? Yeah, yeah I mean, we the, give it the title of a kid's show. It's not a kid's show. Mm. You know, you don't put Peter, Peter Capaldi in if you want him to play it as a kid's presenter. You don't let him swear. <laughs> no, but that, the, whole, the whole thing isn't angry enough. It's not. I was really hoping for something gritty and... Yeah, yeah so really I, I think it's going to build to that, though. I think it is going to build to that. Well, that's what that. I'm saying. I'm going to give him yeah. a series because, of, yeah. to be honest, they've got to do this series and they've got to work out where it's going. And then they've got a right for Capaldi, and they've got to make it more. Although, and of course, what's done. her what's her name is um, is leaving. It's been announced, so they've got to write her out as well. It was rumored. I thought it had been confirmed. Oh, I don't know. Mm. I mean, I mean the, the other weird thing is all all the feedback I saw about how bad these episodes were. Everybody, everybody still said, "Oh, loved Capaldi in it." <laughs> All the feedback I saw, it was like, oh, his acting was brilliant. He played the part well, <clears> but the episode, was, the script was bad. Well, everyone's yeah, saying, <coughs> that's, man, that's pretty much what a, I saw. Everyone's saying they don't enjoy it, but it's like getting record numbers of viewing figures. So. Yeah. yeah, but I mean, Capaldi's one of those things. It's the, it's the go-to, you know, I, I, I understand real acting, so I'm going to tell you I think Capaldi's good. You know, it's like there's certain actors that can never do anything wrong because they've got a name, and when you look at them in hindsight, you go, "That was terrible." <laughs> you know, it's, it's like it's like a genre of people deciding they like something. You know, it's oh, it's fashionable to want Peter Capaldi to be good or understand his his deep mind or something. It's like <laughs> no, no, that was Peter Capaldi playing it so lame. And at some point, it'll go, look, unless you write this for me, in my style, in my whatever, I'm off. So there you go. Looking forward to how it develops anyway. Well, that's the point. I think it will. Yeah. I think when they stop trying to please everyone, then they'll do something decent. I think that's the key. Stop trying to please everyone. Stop trying to be all happy and jokey and wobbly and funny and hairy-fairy and everything, and let's get into the stream. <laughs> Amazon confirms it's buying Twitch for $970 million. This story from Polygon.com. Amazon confirmed today that it had reached an agreement. Well, today that was 
that was back on the 25th of <laughs> August, <laughs> is reached an agreement to buy video game live streaming service Twitch for $970 million, that number again. The acquisition is expected to close in the second half of 2014. Uh, confirmation of the deal comes after multiple reports that pegged Amazon's buyout of Twitch at more than a billion um, early reports indicated that Google-owned YouTube was eyeing Twitch for a purchase. Broadcasting and watching gameplay is a global phenomenon, and Twitch has built a platform that brings together tens of millions of people who watch billions of millions of games each month. Uh, big numbers from, here. Yeah, big yeah. numbers, yeah. Billions, millions of people listen to this <laughs> podcast. From the international to the breaking... <laughs> to breaking the world record for Mario, to gaming conferences like E3. And amazingly, Twitch is only three years old, said Jeff Bezos, founder and CEO of Amazon.com in a release. I just can't. These figures that they throw around for these tech purchases are just ridiculous. Because I look look at them and I think, what are you selling? Okay, there's some technology there, but it's mainly people playing games that are owned by companies. And I'm waiting for the day that these companies say, okay, well, you're playing Call of Duty or whatever. That's ours. That's our copyright material. Well, People already didn't they do start that. to with didn't they start to with YouTube and well more the music on games didn't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah they did. Yeah. Well, Sorry, games like Grand Theft Auto and things that. like that they've actually got licensed music in it, so they've got to really, yeah. really watch out for it. But nine hundred and seventy <laughs> million dollars—that doesn't sound like a lot in no, today's fast-paced, high-buying you know, world. Do you know what I like about these stories? Is because whenever this story comes out, I can just imagine TV and film executives shaking, scratching their head and going, what the hell's going on? (laughs) Why are these people watching this? I don't understand. People are watching people are watching people playing Mario. A record number. We're only charging 16 quid a time to see it in the cinema. Oh, you took my thing there earlier from later. (laughs) But yeah, I mean See, I, 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 a few years ago, or a year ago even, I wouldn't have understood this, because I thought, why would you want to watch someone else play a game? Right? But then, it was only recently that I was playing Call of Duty, for example, 4, I think it was, and I was like, playing on multiplayer, and I realised how stressed I was <laughs> from playing a freaking <laughs> video so game. Yeah, because, you know, you're running around, someone shoot, oh, God, come on, you know, little, some little four-year-old killed me, you know, because I was driving, <laughs> running around, and I just thought, Hang on, screw this. To see the story, to see how it progresses, I'm just going to watch it on Amazon. Someone's bound to have played it. And I just got a few beers and I just laid back on my couch and watched the guy go through all the levels that were causing me grief. And then he went online and played some online things, killing people. And I went, yeah, go on, get him. Right? And <laughs> I was totally relaxed. I, did, I wasn't stressed. Nothing happened to me. I didn't feel my heart. So, so this is up. gaming for Carl, basically. Yeah, it's armchair basic. gaming. Armchair, literally armchair yeah. back, gaming. Backseat gaming. Back, back. Oh, <laughs> and it was really. I don't relaxing. like backseat gamers. That's why I don't really play games in the office very much. <laughs> games in the office. That's a crap game. Sorry. Also, games that I've never finished. I started going back and seeing the, the, how they ended because I'm never going to finish them again. So I went back to see some how old, some old Lucas Arts games ended, like Full Throttle and. And Salmon, was it Salmon Max? Salmon Max hit the road. Yeah, and I just watched someone else do it, and it was great. And I saw the whole thing. It didn't cost me a penny, and well, apart from electricity, what I was used to. But it was great. And I can understand, like, kids want to watch these things today, not only just because they want to watch what these guys are doing. And some of them are like internet stars. You know, you, you can say that's a fleeting thing, but to them it's real. But they're not only watching them play the game. They're, they're picking up tips. They're picking up hints on how to get better at the games they play. And, you know, I'm, I'm telling you, I think old media 
is really scratching their heads because there's no way they can compete against this because they have to do a whole storyline. They have to employ actors. They have to employ artists, cameramen, and all this stuff. These guys sit in, sit down, boot up a game, turn on the uh, webcast thing, and bang, they're done. They're ready to go. And they, they'll get audiences of millions. They'll get money for it as well in some cases. Yeah. And it might not be, it might be, it won't be much compared to what media companies consider a lot, but to a, a, a kid in his bedroom just streaming video, it's a lot more in his pocket money, I bet. Yeah. Well, Tone, how, how much of this stuff do you, because you're, you, you, you watch gaming videos and things like that. How much do you, I mean, do you sit down with a, you know, with a, with a few, with a few tins and, uh, magazine no, no, and not, think, and think, really. gonna- I do. <laughs> I have done the thing in the past, though, where if I'm stuck on a game, you know, stuck on a certain level, I'll go and, oh, right, how do I get past this? I, I think it was most mostly with that Ghostbusters game that came out. There were certain levels. It's like, how do I navigate through this level? And, you know, just for hints and tips rather than either that or it's, you know, I mean, I've just recently bought the Xbox One at last, you really? know, and I'm, I'm probably going to have a try. try Did you find one? that. <laughs> Yes, eventually. With oh, the game I, want I wanted you. and uh, not a stupid, not a totally stupid price. Yeah. I want to talk to you about that after the show, actually, then. <laughs> if I'm still, yeah. I don't want to bore the listeners with what I want to ask. Yeah. If you still but, yeah, um, but yeah, there's a, there's a few things on that. I mean, I noticed straight away that that's got this, this app on it. And there's also things where, you know, in the middle of a game, you can, re- you know, just say, you know, record a 30 second clip if you did something that looked particularly clever or, you know, sort of stunt type thing you know alex you're an avid gamer we know you spend all of your time on, <laughs> on computer <Hello>. games seen him with knobs and crosses before my my eldest went clothes shopping today and he went clothes shopping with the money that he made this month alone by people people watching him playing some oh, yeah. guitar something thing on the internet Right, and he went and bought himself a whole couple of outfits because he's going back to school in a couple of days, and he needed a new suit and a new something else. I don't know. Uh, my Suits? my youngest, yeah, is, you is, go to a suit. <laughs> yeah, no, we we didn't go. We don't go to the same sort of schools as you did. Sorry, yeah. and um, <laughs> you learn things at these schools. Yeah, <laughs> you have to wear a suit. And um, yeah, my youngest, who what does he play? No, 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 it's, it's so you know, it's the Mario type this and it's a Sonic type that and all the other stuff. But he, I haven't seen my iPad for months because of, <laughs> he'll, he'll be playing, but he'll also have um, uh, YouTube on in the background because it'll be a level and he wants to know where that secret such and such extra ring thing is mm. and he'll watch it on YouTube. But I don't know how he does it. He, he seems to have one eye on one screen and one eye on the other and he like follows it and he can do it. And they, I um, I would never watch a gaming video in my life. No, that's not true. Occasionally, they make me watch them with them. But um, yeah, it's just hard work. It's only, it's only so long I can even feign interest. But they both. I mean, I've only got two kids, so there's a hundred percent of the children in my house that use these things a lot, and I mean a lot. Um, in my youngest, he'll watch these videos on YouTube far more than he'll watch TV, film, or anything else. My oldest, he'll watch a bit of football and a bit of uh, American comedy normally, and uh, and then he'll do these sort of things. So it's a, a, a much, much bigger market. 
I mean, me as a, an old sod, I mean, I don't play games. I never have really enjoyed it or anything. But, I mean, it made me laugh listening to the fact that you lot still do it. But um, There's nothing wrong with a bit of gaming now and again. But their, their generation, and I imagine it will grow with them and they will keep doing it. I'm not sure they'll do it as fully grown adults or not very often. But there is a massive... Look, if 100% of the kids in my house do it, and I know my, my kids' friends do it, I reckon 95% of the kids of between, say, 10 and 16, 10 and 18 are using these services. There's got to be an awful lot of money in it. I mean, 970 million seems like a drop in the ocean, considering that every, practically every one of them, boys at least, every one of them does it. When it comes to... Um Gaming, it's, I've, I've played computer games since I was three or four, and I've never concentrated on them enough to be able to play a game good. <laughs> and record a video of it and make money out of it. I, I, yeah. I'm just not good enough. That's, that's the thing, the box does it for you now sometimes. Or, yeah. you, know, it's, you, know, you get these little capture devices which are the same that you'd get to record you know, from your team. You know, from team yeah, no, my my older boy, he's got, I mean, it cost me a lot of money. It was like 500 quid. It was... Um, Why well, isn't he taking some of the present. money he's earned and paying you back? <laughs> because it was a present. Oh, it was okay, a present. You know, that's fair enough. Uh, but it's like a big box and it does HDMI as well. It does the whole lot and it digitizes it as you play and it can... It, it's got different uh, outputs. So it's got one that will go straight to the internet. It's got one that will going to a storage device it will be got one that you can go onto the computer and edit so it's a very very powerful machine it's far more powerful than what he uses it for but i don't i think it's made by how parish or someone but it's an external box it's a big big old well it's not that big but it's a big yeah box. i used to have one of those sort of things yeah yeah but it, i mean it, it's a proper piece of equipment i mean the thing is yeah, you didn't want anything on board say with the xbox because of some things he does on the Xbox, some things he does on the PlayStation, some things he does on the computer. This thing can handle all of it rather than having to have different devices doing different things. So, I remember, this isn't the first time people have made money by playing on the game. So, you know. <laughs> also, Amazon, right? So, Amazon are going to purchase. So, you can automatically see they're going to be tying in, like, It'll be part of your prime plan, yeah. yeah. It'll be all part of this big data, if you believe big data works, which I don't personally, but, <laughs> you know, big data, oh, look, he's watching Call of Duty, so let's try and sell him Battlefield, or let's try and sell him Halo, or... Yeah. And it'll all come from that. Yeah. Good, in, in a way, you know, it's, it's slightly surprising that it was them rather than Google, which was a rumoured... That was you know, flying around for, for it. While, yeah. But yeah. don't forget, Amazon have just brought out their own TV... Amazon TV yeah. thing. Now this could be a channel for that, yeah. which would then sell some of those TVs on TV boxes I mean, I mean, on the back of it. Yeah, and, and with that box, isn't there an element to a sort of slight gaming? There is a thing? gaming element to it. Yeah, you can yeah. you can play games on it. A lot of people have been saying that that's perhaps the future of the Apple TV. That it will eventually become yeah. like an wish. Apple an Apple iOS gaming box you wish <laughs> it would be nice wouldn't it i think it'd be good if you could uh, if i could play two dots on my 52 inch samsung <laughs> you know or, or better threes <laughs> yes <laughs> play threes <laughs> oh dear and without further ado let's get into the movies 
Yeah, sorry about that. Cast a bit of a loud Whoa. one. Whoa! Yeah. <laughs> it's still going. Hello, is anyone there? Still going. I can't hear anyone. Yeah? I've gone deaf. <laughs> Guardians of the Galaxy becomes top US... And it's, and it's finished. <laughs> Guardians of the Galaxy becomes top US film of 2014 to date. Sci-fi blockbuster Guardians of the Galaxy has stamped its authority on the US box office, becoming the biggest film of the year so far. The Marvel release extended its run at the top of the movie chart, taking $16.3 million. You, you can't even buy Twitch with that. that exactly. That's, that's only £9.8 million. Pounds. <laughs> this is what I'm saying. You could, you could win that on the Euro Millions. Across the, the country's Labour Day holiday weekend, it, it has now taken a total of £275 million or £165 Still not enough to buy WhatsApp so far. Um, Captain America is the second biggest film in 2014 to date, followed by the Lego movie. <laughs> oh. Everything is awesome. Uh, everything is... That's <laughs> <laughs> copyright. Transformers is at number four on the annual list. Over the bank holiday weekends, Guardians kept Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles in the second spot, with If I Stay... <laughs> If I stay remaining at three with takings of 9.3 million, 5.5 million, which is terrible. So this Guardians I, of the Galaxy has kind of come up from behind, really, hasn't I it? I tried to see Guardians of the Galaxy on its day of release and going to my little local cinema, the Enfield one, that uh, my dear friend Peter works at. I'm not sure if he wants me to say that. But anyway, so I went in and it was like 16 quid they wanted for me to see. the. And I thought, get out of town. I'm not paying 16 quid, so I, I didn't go. In the end, I couldn't and believe that's that. not even at the Fomax. No, that was was it in the Fomax? I can't remember. Um, but it was still a lot of money, and I just thought, oh god, I'm not paying 16 quid to sit through just what two hours of movie. Even though I do hear it's an amazing movie, and considering Guardians of the Galaxy, I mean, I don't know how much you previously talked about this. Um, it's not one of the more known titles in the Marvel universe. Um, it's it's like just a collection of it's been like fire, a lot of people were comparing it to uh, Firefox and it's stuff. The way Firefly, Firefly, Firefox so is a browser, Firefox. mate. Well, it's also the the plain Clint Eastwood flu. But F- I'm old Firefox enough to remember FX Eleven or something. I can't remember now. I can't remember. And I used to like that movie, and until I saw it when I grew up, and I thought, oh, that's a bit rubbish. Oh dear. Is Special it a bit like? That, <laughs> is it a you bit still like play games? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, no, but uh, it's, it's obviously doing well, and I'm glad it's doing well because it's meant to be a really good movie. Unfortunately, I can't comment on it properly because I haven't seen a darn thing. But I've seen the the stupid, the little, <laughs> the little bit at the end. It's a bit of a spoiler, but the little dancing, the little dancing group raccoon. Thing. Yeah, yeah. I just, I just watched that. It's, it only goes on for about twenty seconds, but I just think that is an amazing piece of film. Just, just that bit alone. It has it. It's it spawned a lot of you know people doing little cartoons and drawings of it and things that are Groot especially. I know it's put. Uh, I know it's brought tears to people's eyes and things like that. However, I did. Well, it's, it's one of my picks later on. What I've been seeing, like Captain America three, which I think was the one before, and that for me was just uh, just forget about superheroes. It was just a spectacular movie. It was like mm. another born identity. It was just so well done. I thought. Wasn't, wasn't like the Bourne Supremacy where I couldn't uh, the, the the day after I watched it I couldn't actually remember what a is that the on. last one or the, the one third? yeah the one that's not that doesn't have Matt Damon in it is it the Supremacy oh no no that's not that's or not, is that's it the the Bourne Compendium I don't know yeah, no it's not Supremacy he was in that one <laughs> the Bourne Shopping Centre well anyway well, so, so what do you want, Russ you're a Marvel guy uh, am I 
I'm not really sorry, sure. Sorry, I'm, tone. sorry, sorry. I've suddenly become the host. Sorry about yeah. that. I don't, well, I don't. I don't. Um, well, I'll answer your question. I I intended to go and watch this, but I just couldn't find anyone who was particularly interested in it. So, you know, I could have gone on my own, but I are had work not, to do. Are you not a, 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 a single viewer? Um, I prefer to go and see films, you know, with someone like my brother or someone like that. So, I don't, so that we have something to discuss afterwards with it. So, you know, it wasn't just you. Yeah. Yeah. I like someone <laughs> to confirm, awful or whatever, yeah. confirm the Star Trek film I just watched was in fact a Star Wars film. <clears throat> yeah. Well, that's right. I mean, so next, this next yeah. Star Wars film should be perfect then, shouldn't it? Yeah. 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 So, yeah. Tone. Yeah, <laughs> you're the man. You're the man who's the who's the, the man with the plan as far as comic book movies is concer- are concerned. Uh, you've, are I, you, have I, you seen this or not? I still haven't. I keep planning to watch it, and life gets in the way. But it does look fun. And but what I don't get about this is all oh, people going, "Oh, it's come really from out of nowhere." I've seen posters and teasers for this for months ahead of yeah, release. No. Well, it was plugged hard. I, I remember Go. seeing little short clips of it and things that came up on YouTube. Yeah, le- leaked as you know an unofficial official leak sort of yeah. thing wasn't it I had yeah. one of the best trailers I thought going with that music from the I don't know where that yes. music came from but that was just brilliant yeah, yeah I, I have heard that the soundtrack is very good <laughs> it's very good indeed uh, Alex <laughs> <laughs> is, it, is it worth asking <laughs> I'm trying to read what you're talking about yeah um, uh, it's Guardians of the Galaxy mate. it's a cartoon thing is it uh, not really. It's live action. Is it very good? Action. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> did people enjoy it? They did enjoy it. Oh, well, then I've got nothing against it. Excellent. Let us move on to the box. I've got no stinger for that one. Never mind. Oh, thank God Sh- for that. <laughs> Shutter Island set to become HBO TV series. This is an interesting one from The Guardian. Oh, that last story about... Uh, about uh, Guardians of the Galaxy was from the BBC. Sorry about that. Uh, HBO and Paramount are teaming up to produce a TV version of Martin Scorsese's 2010 film Shutter Island, Deadline reports. The film, starring Leonardo DiCaprio as a US Marshal investigating the disappearance of a psychiatric patient from an island hospital, was a classy chiller that grossed nearly 300 million worldwide. Again, it's just not enough to buy. What's it? The series, tentatively named Ashcliff, after the hospital the film is set in, would be a prequel, exploring the stories of its founders. Uh, Scorsese is in line to direct the pilot episode, which will be scripted by Dennis Lehane, the crime writer who wrote the novel that Shutter Island is based on. Lehane also wrote Mystic River and Gone Baby Gone, each of which were adapted into films. Shutter Island, I watched it um, when it came on Netflix. It was about a year, I think it was a year or two ago. And I really enjoyed it. I thought it was a fantastic film. I've watched it a couple of times afterwards. Oh, I was about to say, because if you watch it twice... Mm. You pick up much more things you do because you know where it's going. You do the second time around. So I hated it the first time I saw it. Did you? Oh, I loved it. it. I just wanted no. to watch it again. I saw it in the movies, and okay, maybe I wasn't paying attention, but I just thought that makes no sense. Half that film doesn't make any sense, and then I watched it again when it came out on DVD because I'm, you know, <laughs> I always watch films Glutton I don't like just yeah. in case <laughs> it's me being an idiot, and it was normally it is. But yeah, once you know where the story's going, and um, you know, because I watched it and I thought, why can't, why don't I like um, a Martin Scorsese film? That makes no sense to me. But <laughs> so I watched it again, and then you see all the little things he does, slightly off center of the camera, 
So you wouldn't necessarily notice it without repeat viewing. And some people say, ah, that's a cheat, that's a con. But I just think it's brilliant. Um, and you can see little details that actually, if you, if you know what's going on, if you know what the final plot of the movie is, you can see it all there. It's all there. And if you're smart enough to work it out the first time, then great. But the things that you spot second viewing are just awesome. Mm. Blew me away. Do we think this is going to become a, a thing, perhaps a 2014, 2015 thing of films that were very popular back you know, a few years ago, got made, into, made into TV series? We've got, yeah, we've got things with Hannibal and we've Fargo. got um, Fargo and the other ones. They, these Fargo, like Fargo and Hannibal, they seem to definitely be looking for a much darker, especially HBO. Um, a much darker viewing experience. Um, Bates Motel than, as well. That's a, Yeah, I haven't watched that. Yeah, actually. that comes from a film. Well, you've got Highlander, haven't you? That <laughs> came from the film. Hmm. Well, yes, but I've never watched Highlander. Stargate SG-1. Stargate, yeah. Yeah. So many uh, things let's just do 10 minutes of a really long list of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, I, mean, I mean, the point standard is not a new thing. It's just... No, you can. I don't know, for some reason, you can this one's grabbed attention. You can go off on the whole, oh, they're not being original, they're just, you know, they're just taking properties that they already own and rejiggering them and putting them back out to the public. But a lot of these TV shows, because they have to fill up, what, about 12 hours of viewing, normally on HBO, normally you get 12 hours, uh, 12 episodes, they, they can go more in-depth with the stories, especially mm. HBO, that's what they're famous for. Um, not so much for network shows like Fox and things like that, but... So I'd be really interested, especially if Scorsese is going to direct the first episode. I'd be really interested in seeing this. Of course, we probably won't get in this country to about 2016 or something. We might. We might. Oh, well, do, no, but... it'll be on Sky. And then the yeah. rest of us. <laughs> yes, yeah. yes, of course. Um, well, no, I won't watch it when it comes out on Sky just to make you feel better. Just until it comes out on Netflix. Is that a Game of Thrones thing? I've still never seen it, but apparently I've got it. Apparently. Never watched it. I um I must I must admit the the prospect of a of a kind of a, a a Shutter Island sequel you know how did the place get to where it was prequel yeah well that's what it's that's what it's going to be based on it's going to be a a, um, a the uh, the history of the people who who came together to put together the the mental institution at Ashcliffe as long as it ain't going to be a mental patient a week show like it used to be monster of the week yeah <laughs> yeah they need to avoid that. Yeah. Of course, you know when it comes to mental health and psych, you know, psychiatric patients. It, I, I don't know. It depends. You have to treat it. <laughs> you would have to treat it very, very carefully. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. You yeah. can't just go. Everyone's like Hannibal Lecter or something like that. Yeah. yeah. It would have to be have to be very thoughtful. But I'm looking forward to seeing what's coming. Right. Let us move on to our last two stories. They're a little bit sad. Um, obviously, we haven't been, uh, we haven't actually been on the air, so to speak, for uh, for the last two weeks. But in the last two weeks, in fact, on the day that we released our last episode, uh, Robin Williams passed away. Uh, this story from BBC.co.uk. Robin Williams, actor and comedian, found dead at 63. US actor and comedian Robin Williams was found dead in an apparent suicide. He was pronounced dead at his home shortly after officials responded to an emergency call around noon local time. Williams was famous for such films as Good Morning Vietnam and the Dead Poets Society and won an Oscar for his role in Goodwill Hunting. His publicist said he had been battling severe depression. This, uh, 
This came as, um, I mean, it's not like anybody's, uh, any of these actors' deaths don't come as a shock, but this came as a bit of a shock, didn't it? Hmm. No, it was horrendous. When I woke up and I, I saw Robin Williams had passed on, I just because I'd grown up with him. He was one of those comedians who had always been there from when I was young. It was like more comedy. And then as I got a bit older into my teens, there was like his live at the Met performance, which was just epic. Right? If you want to see fantastic, fast comedy, just go and try and hunt down Robin Williams live at the Met. And, and from then on, whenever he appeared, okay, some of the films he appeared in were not exactly like the massive hits that they, you know, <laughs> were. Um, but whenever he was on a talk show, whenever he was just being Robin Williams, he would always reduce me to, t- he was just so fast. His mind was just so sharp. You could throw anything at him and he'd turn it around and, and throw a zinger back at whoever had like throwing him a, a ball or whatever and it was just amazing and they showed like his first there was lots of videos going around obviously when he passed and was showing his first appearance on johnny carson and it was just fantastically funny all he was was dodging the camera and he was trying to do shakespeare in the modern age like with funny jeans on and stuff like that but he was just I, i'm I'm so sad, and it's, it's it's like it's it's various various very stereotypical. But they say like the people who laugh the hardest are the saddest inside, and it just unfortunately looks like this is the case. And with Robin, unfortunately, because you always feel that oh, why couldn't you talk to anyone? But we don't. I don't understand depression. Well, that's I, the thing. I he don't did, have depression. He did try over the years, didn't he? he? Tried to get help with all these, you know, the depression, the the addiction that came sort of spurned from it. You know, he was trying over the years, you know, quite, quite, quite famously, really. You know, it was, it was well publicised that he was trying to get help. No, it's just a shame. And yeah. like, you know, the other part of it, the actor, well, when he turned into a serious actor, we didn't turn into a serious actor. He just became as well. And he just thought, my, yeah, and I thought, <laughs> my God, is there nothing this guy can do? Can't do. It's just, he it was just, it was just awesome. And he had that, not only was he sane and, crazy but he had that tenderness to him as well you always just felt i don't know if it was his eyes he just seemed to give off this this glow and i was really sad but yeah but he passed on yes yes he'll be he'll be sorely missed no it's the reason for his uh departure is always adds to the sadness isn't it and he he, he i've not heard anyone have anything but love and affection mm. for the man and honestly i was watching um an episode of friends with uh, my boy yesterday i think it was just one that happened to be on one of the millions of channels and it was on and robin williams uh, because when either of us were expecting he turned up as a, a you know a two minute guest appearance in it and we both just sat there and we both just went quiet and then he did his little bit on the couch in the um cafe or whatever you want to call it I don't know what you call it and then we both just sat there looking at each other going god isn't it sad and it just it was just one of those moments that we just went oh dear why but you know the man must have been in some serious and happy place and uh, just hope wherever he is now he feels a lot better than he did can I just sorry carry on sorry you say that it's like you know that's another thing about him. His fans, you know, across the age range, aren't they, as well? It's like, you know, a lot, a lot of younger people watch, watch his films because of things like Hook and toys, you know. 
you know, so, he, so he's he smiled. Got, got, he even smiled when he was in pain. You know, his look. Yeah. He's acting. I mean, the film that really made me. I mean, I loved him in Mork and Mindy as a kid and whatever. The film that really did it for me was The Fisher King. When he played mm. that, the pain in that character. But he played the pain, as Carl said, with a sparkle in his eyes. That mm. his eyes smiled even when there were tears coming out of them. And it was a, an honest, big heart. There was pain there, and you could see it. You could see it in his smile, but you could see the joy in his misery. There was a real, there was a real absolute naturalness about the man, and that's where I think his skill came from, it, because it came from inside. It wasn't learned. It wasn't anything. It was, it was who he was, which eventually wore him down. And I just, I want to add, because I know it's not on the list, I just wanted to do a quick mention. Uh, Lauren, Lauren Bacall went, um, I think it might have been the same or the next day. Yeah. And, you know, very different circumstances. You know, she was a, you know, an elderly lady, but, um, you know, glamour, glamour rather, glamour, glamour, uh, you know, it oozed from her. She was just... The, the you know that's what she was she was a a lady from a different time that still had you know she still had something about her even in her in her dotage and uh, I think it was just one of those occasions where you know that when people die there should be a moment where the whole world stops and shakes their hand metaphorically and I think in a funny way I think Lauren Bacall missed out on that because of the tragedy that tragedy that happened at the same time and I just wanted to you know no song no dance just wanted to say well done Lauren Bacall yeah yeah well next up um actor and director Richard Attenborough passed away age 90 this story also from the BBC uh, Oscar winning British film director Richard Attenborough has died at the age of 90 his son has said Lord Attenborough was one of Britain's leading actors before becoming a highly successful director in a career that spans six decades his appear- he appeared in films including Brighton Rock World War 2 prisoner of war thriller The Great Escape and later in Dinosaur Blockbuster Jurassic Park you can't you, you can't um, come up with a more um Diverse. A more diverse list than that, can you? As a director, he was perhaps best known for Gandhi, which won him two Oscars. Ben Kingsley, who played the title role, said he would miss him dearly. Richard Attenborough trusted me with the crucial and central task of bringing to life a dream that took him 20 years to bring to fruition. When he gave me the part of Gandhi, it was a great... It was with great grace and joy he placed in me an absolute trust, and in turn I placed an absolute trust in him and grew to love him. Uh, Jurassic Park director Steven Spielberg said Lord Attenborough was passionate about everything in his life. So, th- I mean, 90, 90 years, he had a good innings, didn't he? Well, I don't think the ending was particularly good. I think it, uh, it, I think from about 90 to 96 he couldn't speak and he couldn't really move, and it was a very sad demise. Mm. Um, but... Yeah, I mean, the thing is, we all know him for an actor and everything, but I've been, since he went and you look at the things he was involved in, he was such a an advocate of fair play and he was very politically minded and he, he absolutely stood up for the things he believed in and, you know, you'd have thought he would have been, um, you know... I, I, I seem to remember his father was a very... He was a socialist, if not a communist, and, you know, basically he really stood up against... 
all the things that you know the society that lauded him you know basically you you know lord is the right word lauded him and that society and he sort of stood up against them and said you know very nice i like your awards i like this i like that but you're not going to get away with this i'm not going to let you do that you're not going to do that without me making a fuss and um I admired him, I, you know, as an actor. I always felt that he was a director that acted, even though obviously he was an actor for 40 years before he was ever a director. And um, But then it's leadership, isn't it, direction? Mm. And then you look at the rest of his life and you say, that's why you were a good director, because you were a leader. And again, a, a very, very, very remarkable man. Indeed, indeed. Right. Let us move on to what we have been watching, playing, reading, or listening to this week. And we're going to start off with me because my name comes first in the list. Um, I've been watching um, more Star Trek The Next Generation. Season 3 on Blu-ray. It looks incredible. Uh, there's one thing about the Season 3 uh, Blu-ray box set is that it, it has a... Um, I think it's about an hour and a quarter. Um, they call it this, something like in in the writers' room or something like that. And uh, it's it's uh, Branham Braga, Ronald D. Moore, Rene Echeverria, and one other guy. I can't actually remember his name, unfortunately. Having a big discussion about their experiences on Star Trek: The Next Generation, and it's chaired by Seth MacFarlane. <laughs> well because seth mcfarlane's a huge star trek fan um and it's it's really um it's really good just really really interesting interesting stuff um the next thing obviously i've watched doctor who it's okay i shall i will continue watching it i will be i'm more interested to see what comes next than i was with uh, matt smith doctor but there we go i also um saw an adventure in time and space they uh they repeated it about time on the BBC, they actually repeated the the thing, and I was uh, I was very impressed. I thought it was brilliant. Yeah, um, it as well, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I remember it was on. When when did it come on? It was it was last it was last year. It was about this time. Fiftieth. Yeah. It was the fiftieth anniversary, wasn't it? But yeah, uh, and then they repeated it around Christmas, and it, yeah, and this is the only other repeat I've seen of it. But yeah. um, I mean, yeah. uh, David David Bradley can certainly do a very good William Hartnell. Um, I think if they were ever to attempt to remake anything to do with the original <laughs> series of Doctor Who, they could probably just use him. I think he's uh, it's very good. And of course, Jessica Rain's very good. And uh, I was uh, I was surprised to see Brian Cox in it as the oh, yes. um, as the head of that particular head of um, was he head of drama or something the BBC or mm-hmm. um, but no, it was, it was very good. And it's still on the iPlayer, and I believe it's going to be on the iPlayer for the next thirty days. So. Get it while it's hot. Well worth a watch. Indeed, indeed. And uh, the next thing on my list is The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy because I finished watching An Adventure in Time and Space and they show The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy film. Carl, raising a finger. Are you all right? I was about to say, is it a TV show or the film? It's the the film. film. What's the matter? I didn't like the film. Did you not like the film? Yeah, I, I, I I I think I've discovered a cheat for these things because... I assumed that the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy film, this is the, the Martin Freeman um, most deaf and um, what's his name film. Uh, <laughs> Sam Rockwell, that's it. Um, I I assumed that it was going to be utterly dreadful. Which so it I, was. Well, no, I was actually surprised that it was reasonably watchable. 
I thought it was it, fine. It was slightly less dreadful. It was than slightly you thought. less dreadful than I thought it was going to be. So I I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. I thought it was good. Um, uh, some of the some of the bits and pieces are a little bit. Yeah. I, I did like Alan Rickman's version of Marvin. Yes, Alan Rick Alan Rickman's Marvin. Well, actually, the original Marvin from the television show is in the. It uh, does appear in there. He, as well. he he's is, in the queue. Yes, he is. Yeah. He's in the queue. As is. Um, as it can be an open over there. <laughs> I thought I'd, I thought I'd as muted, is, sorry. Yeah. As is the original Arthur Dent. Yes, I was just about to get his name. I don't know his name. It is... Oh, but I can't he, get... No, it's not Peter Jones. He was the voice. Peter, yeah. No, Peter Jones was the book. Stephen yeah. Fry was the book. I thought I thought he was... I thought yeah, he was well, good. you can't go wrong with... Steve. I mean, that's the perfect casting, isn't it? Stephen Fry. Stephen the Fry is the book, book, yeah. Well, Stephen Fry has done the audio books for it for years. He has, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's almost as famous as, as the original audiobook, the Stephen Fry one. Yeah. Um, Simon jo- Simon Jones, Arthur Dent, was in it, but uh, no sign of Jeffrey McGiven or anyone like that. Um, but um, obviously, they can't get they couldn't get Peter Jones to do the book because, of course, he died several years ago. But uh, but there we go. It, it's it's good. And last but not least on my list, I've been every so often because it came up in a few awards lists and things like that. I I finally decided to start watching The Good Wife on Netflix, and it is fantastic. Well, I don't I don't get it. It's just as far as I can see, it's just the lawyer procedure. I don't. It's a little bit more than that because there's a little bit of an undertone. Um, it's 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 because basically Ju- Juliana Mar- um, Margulies or whatever however <laughs> you pronounce her name that's how Scott Johnson pronounces it. Um, she her has her husband um, has obviously been kicked out of office because of some kind of sexy scandal or something like Woo-hoo! that, and uh, and she she's forced in into into work at this um, um, lawyer at this law firm. And, um, it's hard life, isn't it? You yeah. mess up, and you have to send your wife out yeah, to, as send, a lawyer. Most well, people yeah. have to send their wives out to work in the laundrette. But he's in the nick. <laughs> yeah, so he's in the nick for a bit, and then obviously, you know, A leads to B, and the 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 series continues. But the the cast is very good, and uh, the the stand the standout person in the in the cast is Alan Cumming, because obviously he's a he's a he's a Scottish bloke, but he's got a very good <laughs> got a very good American accent, and he's very good in it. I don't think I've seen the uh, episode of him in yet. Have you not? Oh, he yeah. He can't be in the first two. I've only seen no, the he's first not. two. He, no, I think he why. appears sort of episode five or six. Um, also, um, it is is Archie Punjabi. She's um, she was in uh, she was uh, in the first episode of Life on Mars. And of course, she's English. Uh, sadly, in the first few episodes, her uh, her accent is a little bit intermittent. Depending on which, uh, depending on which words <laughs> she's saying, but but there we go. It's a great series. Uh, anyone who's remotely interested in it should watch it because it's. Uh, I'll keep it, checking it out then. It is. It is very good. Alex G. Fox, your name is next on the list, sir. Oh, Philistine. Right, yep. I finally, I have finally dun, 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 dun. I watched Gravity the other day. Oh, now. Okay. <laughs> oh no, this doesn't bode well. Does oh! Please <laughs> hear the words now. Now. <laughs> okay. How to be told off now? It's like you told old school teacher, wasn't it? Uh, now. Now. I can see what you were trying system. to do here. 
I was warned. No point in watching Gravity unless you watch it in the cinema because it it's the cinematics, it's it's the sound, it's the space, it's the vastness of it that gives you the feeling for the film. No. Oh, I, I don't agree with that. quite enjoyed it, right? But I think, right, I've, I've got a couple of things about it that were really positive, and I've actually got a couple of things about it that I think could have improved it, right? Now, Sandra Bullock... I'd only ever really seen her in the almost rom-com Jennifer Aniston type of film, right? I, yeah. I, saw, I did see Speed, but it didn't have much of a memory for me. But um, I, I thought she was a fine actress. I thought she was a lovely girl and all the rest of it. There was a depth to her in this, which I really, really enjoyed. There was a, and it was an understated depth. It wasn't the histrionics of, you know, the normal sort of, mascara smudged oh my word my life is over and there wasn't this uh you know intestinal fortitude isn't that what the americans call it it wasn't this it was a case of i'll survive if i have to i'll make the effort if i can it was it was there was a reality about it but there was also a real there was a real softness about her not, see, I was really thinking, oh, I don't want some other G.I. Jane tough American girl that survives against all the odds, right? It was a bit, okay, look, it was completely far-fetched, the fact that she did manage to get from one ship to another ship, to this, to that, to the other, right? But it didn't matter because the fact that she did it was almost, it was almost, um, you know, by default she achieved it. And if she didn't, well, okay, it's time to die. You know, she had her reasons for not caring. She had, you know, I don't want to spoil anything. She had her reasons that if she didn't make it, oh, well, you know, so be it. Um, I, I think there was layers in that film of her acting that I was amazed by because she did it so understatedly, but she did it so beautifully. And she, you know, it's, it's things like she's a perfect actress for it because... She's pretty without being stunning. She's kind without being overly sickly. She's, she was miserable without being morbid. She was all those things without being too much. And it was absolutely perfectly pitched. And I was really, really pleased about her and for her. You know, because I've seen her interview before. She just comes across as a beautifully pleasant human being. And he came across that in the film. Right, my down point, right? Nothing wrong with his acting, right? But I don't think George Clooney should have been in it. Because I, don't, I think it was the type of film where you needed a almost a nobody. Because it would have suited the rest of the, the singleness of the film. Well, I think you know, that wasn't that because of the twist. But was there a twist? Yeah, well, there is, isn't it? It was, the old, it was a bit of a slack twist. But the fact that you see the star... The Hollywood star, and then you go, oh, okay. Didn't expect right. that to happen. Okay, right. It was lost on me then. Well, it, 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 uh, it's a spoiler. I can't. <laughs> no, don't. No, but it was lost to me. I didn't pay as much of attention to the film as no, because he was billed as being an idiot, wasn't he? So. Fine, but the point <clears throat> is, that's what I'm saying about the film. That is my exact point. It didn't need that. It was a. It was. Uh, sorry, my, my mind hasn't been very good today. It was, it was a, it was something for a single actress of note to prove herself as an excellent actress. Right, the film stood up on its own 
George Clooney was actually um, a deviation from the whole thing. Look, I'm sure he's a fine actor. There was nothing wrong with what he did. But it didn't need the best-looking man in Hollywood, Hollywood role. It didn't need the smarminess that he brought to it. And I don't think he brings it to it because he's trying to do it. It's just the baggage that comes with him being George Clooney comes with it. And I, I, it sort of disappointed me. I'd rather it have been a... You know, an unknown, not necessarily amazingly handsome actor that, that did the bit role. But as a movie, I was really impressed by... I can see why in the cinema you might have got even more out of it because it would have been louder, it would have been more frightening, it would have been more this and the other. But that's not what I got from it, and I'm sort of really glad I didn't because it allowed me the space to realise what a wonderfully acted role that she did. And because it was almost like a one-woman show, it gave it even more powerful power. So I would say... Uh, yes, go and watch Gravity. Uh, don't get distracted by the things that are there to distract you. Try and concentrate on a wonderful performance by a very, very talented actress. Right. I can't on believe to- anyone would have said that six months ago. <laughs> well, a year. Where, how, how long ago did it come out? Uh, about six months ago, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. definitely. Yeah. I definitely like put her back into the... She's a good Club. actress. Yeah, definitely. Because <laughs> yes. she'd gone full and far below that with all the yeah, I'm sure she had. Romantic, I'd, I'd romantic s- comedies that she I'd was. I'd sort of stopped watching them because of, I've always thought she was lovely and I thought she was charming yeah. and I thought she was letting herself down and I knew that there must be more there and there obviously is. And good luck to her. Well done. Right, I then moved on. Well, I didn't actually because these are completely out of order when I watched them. But I watched The Graduate finally in its entirety. And by the graduate, I mean the 1967 American film. Hello, darkness, my old friend. And it was also, it, some of it was sung quite nicely. Um, hey. Right, so who is it? Dustin Hoffman. Karaoke. He'll be, no matter how much you scream. <laughs> right, so you got Dustin Hoffman playing the main role, uh, Anne Bancroft playing Missing Robinson, and Catherine Ross playing Elaine Robinson. The others don't matter. Because this is the film. It's between these three people. There's an awful lot of people in it. At first, Dustin Hoffman was really, really annoying me in the film. <laughs> it was almost like a prelude to Rain Man without even knowing it. You know, it was awkward. It was uncomfortable. It was almost hammy, his acting, to start off with. It was almost like, did someone tell you can act? This is so stagnant it was so uncomfortable and then i realized it was supposed to be <laughs> and then i realized oh you're quite a good actor aren't you mr hoffman because at the time you wouldn't have, he wouldn't have been famous enough to really have known if he was that good or not and as the story starts to evolve you start thinking hmm, yeah this is this is interesting and it's it's funny because of it was awkward and then it was sort of sad but there was a sort of a happiness because of, you know, it wasn't the perfect world, but it was an okay world. And then, then you know, the, the third character comes into it and it all starts to sort of spiral out of uh, control, which is sort of how it worked. I mean, they say this, they sort of, they call it a comedy drama. I don't, I didn't find it funny. I found it, I found it more sad than funny. I found it sad, the... I mean, they they play Anne Bancroft plays Mrs. Uh, Robinson, and she's meant to be like an they, an elderly person. She's thirty six, for goodness' sake, you know. 
but the way they played it, it was like she was sort of almost what? sort of decrepit and she was having a second go at... Wouldn't we call her a cougar nowadays? I don't know what you'd call it. I don't look at, <laughs> I don't look at those sites. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what, natural history? I don't know what you're yeah, talking about. True. But, and then her daughter comes into it and then it just really, really... It spawned so many Mickey takes and so many, uh, you know, people doing pastiches of it. That it was really, really nice to actually watch the original in, in its entirety. It's a classic. And, you know, I left there going, you know what? I'm far too old for Mrs. Robinson. <laughs> you know, and I was thinking, you know, Dustin Hoffman, good actor. Um, it, it was really well acted. It was really, really American in, in its uncomfortableness now the funny thing is if you're an american now i've spent plenty of time with americans i've spent plenty of time in america there's a part of american life that it's just that tiny bit the greats on being british it's so fundamentally different to who we are you know there's there's a you know when they say we're you know separated by a you know a pond common language but it's not we're separated by something else and there's a there's a I don't know. I, I, if I could put my finger on it, I'd probably join the UN. There is something... W w they, they find sort of cutesy and nice and quaint about us. And we find... All right, I'm going to use the word vulgar, but not in the horrible sense. We find it hard for us. We find it almost brash, but they're not being brash. We're just being too prim. And it's where these two things mix is why we've got a good relationship with each other. In here, that mix grated on me even worse there was the idea of it was like this laid out mark and there was i mean i know it's of a time and that made it worse 67 is not what it's like 30 40 years on in america you know but that was how we see it, it was almost like that cuban missile type feel it was that time of you know vietnam wars and things it was just very different and in that to me was part of what made the film so interesting for me today i'm sort of glad if I'd have watched it in 67, it would have been contemporary, obviously, and it wouldn't have had the same effect on me as it did now. It was like historical drama in the fact that it was old enough. It was like there was a context to it which wasn't there when it first came out. So I really, really enjoyed it, and I think um, there's lots of levels to that film that are valid now that possibly weren't even as valid then. You know? should have been about 37, wouldn't you? About then? What, then? Yeah. yeah, it was about 37. <laughs> <laughs> just a bit older than Mrs. Robinson. <laughs> right. Okay, right. Well, I thought it was very good. I saw that. I, I wrote it down. I think I saw that on Love Film or whatever it's called. Amazon streaming Amazon. thingy. Mm -hmm. Gravity, I score on one of the Sky Movie channels. Ooh, sorry. Well, you know, I might as well watch. I pay for it. I watch about <laughs> one every year. So anyway. All right, moving on. From... One to another. I am um, the village is continuing. Uh, it's continuing. It's very different from the first series. It started off the same sort of miserableness. Um, <laughs> it's moved on, and the characterization isn't quite. I mean, it's moved on to a time where the downtrodden have. This is the point where sort of the Labour Party was being formed, and power was starting to slip from the grip of the landed gentry. So there's bits of this where me, I'm sitting there going, yes, you get them, you, <laughs> you <laughs> kick them in the ghoulies and run away. Um, but, you know, there's always... Yeah, yes, exactly. <laughs> Alan Bastard. And this is... Um, 
you know, it's just starting to get a grip. But, the, you know, it's nicely written because every time they get something back, something happens to kick them back down again, you know. And there's a real-world lifeness to it. It's really unfair, but it's also really, you know, it's a story of today over 100 years. It happens all the time everywhere, you know. You can change the faces, you can change the scenario, but it's, you know, it's just, if you like, it's the common people trying to deal with, the the big the ones that have and it, I really like it I think it's very very well acted um, uh, John Sim isn't annoying me as much in this <laughs> series but I've got a feeling he will no longer be in it so um, I was there say, was a, you don't like him do you? no there's a cliffhanger which I think uh, might be the end of John Sim which is which is fine by me but he's uh, he's not the main sort of character in it this year and so sitting back it's not been so bad. Uh, there's some really good acting. There's some really fine acting. There's some really horrible characters. There's some. I mean, there's a lord in it, and I can't think of his name, but he's he's everything that I don't care. Even the aristocracy would despise him, you know. And um, you know, everyone has to kowtow to him. You know, if he's about to lose, then you know there was an episode a few weeks ago. He was in a boxing ring, and you know he was fighting this undefeated boxer. And the manager of the boxer says, you've got to go down, you've got to go down. And of course, he has to go down, doesn't he? And then everyone hails this lord as, yes, I'm the first man to beat this poor little black bloke Not that's never yet. lost again. But, it's, uh, you know, that's the reality that was going on at the time, you know. I, he can't be seen to lose, so he just decides, and he's always the victor. Anyway, it's very good. But what I do like about it is, they get a little bit, but it's not like, you know, it's not like a Hollywood drama that well, they're all going to come out on top at the end, you know. You know they're not. You know they're going to end up back in the gutter. But there's a reality about it. It's like a soap opera written and acted by people that can actually write and act. It's very nice. What year is it saying? Pardon? What, do you know what year it's saying? Oh, I, thought you, I don't know what you said. Um, at the moment, we're in about 1920-something. The first one was the First World War. This is the oh, Roaring Twenties, isn't it? So this is when your Charleston and all the rest of it took off. So this is this is after people wanted a little bit of power after they came back from the war and had nothing, you know, and said, look, why did we fight if you were still going to have to give everything to you lot? Bloody right. Yeah, and it's going on. Okay, and last but not least, there's something I uh, think um, Russ might enjoy. I, I came across it the other day. Um, I watched it the other day, and I might watch it again because I didn't take as much in of it as I, yeah, I could. There's um, a series, it's called Intimations, and it's... It's part of the Modern Writers Collection. It's part of the uh, radio, not radio, it's the BBC4 collection. And this is part of the talk collection. God, I've given it so many titles. But this one I watched is a half-hour interview with John Le Carrier. And I was thinking, yeah, it, he's, a, he's interesting. He's not quite as I thought he'd be. I thought he'd be slightly more... Well, I just thought he'd be slightly different to who he is. But the talk collections are, are beautiful. There's a... You've got... Um, you know, you've got there's a radio version as well, but some of the people in the talk collections of and they're historical interviews, but they're they're, they're brilliant. Um, I'm just looking through here. You got a face to face with Martin Luther King. You got the Frost interview with Muhammad Ali. The Frost interview with Brian Clough. Uh, I'm just trying to pick a few quick ones. Oh, I remember watching this one it was really nice. It was Michael Dean talking to Malcolm and Wise. And these are all like, that was 1966. Um, there was one I meant to watch, um, and I can't find it now. Um, 
he was the reporter, the American reporter in Britain during the Second World War. I can't see it on here now because his pages of it. I can't remember his name. But that's what I mean. There's a David Niven interview here. There's a Henry Moore. It's, it's, there's some amazing, amazing interviews in here. Uh, there's the Lauren Bacall one. That was amazing. I remember that one. Uh, Ronald Reagan. Yeah, I mean, there's loads of them. Um, and they're just basically a collection of some of, they're not the very best interviews, but they are, well, they are great interviews. But they're just a collection of, at the moment, they've got 36. And they're normally about half an hour long. And they're just like, you know, like Parkinson or whatever. But they're one-off interviews that they've put in this collection. And the one, like I say, the one I watched before was the uh, Le Carrier interview. And um, I really enjoyed it. And it, because of when I watched it, I was thinking, oh, I must remember to tell Russ about this. But uh, like I say, there's so many, so much stuff on the, uh, the BBC website that you've got to know is there. Amazing. You said uh, you said you expected Le Carrier to be slightly, um, slightly quieter, maybe. If you, yeah, if he, you... was, he was, um, I mean, I didn't realise he was a, a lecturer at Eton. And he so he came across as a bit more. In fact, I think he came across as a bit less serious than I thought he'd be. I thought he'd be more of a, you know, a real sort of a spy type. And what was interesting? Not interesting. Um, John Le Carrier was never a spy, but Malcolm Muggeridge, the interviewer, was in the Second no World way. War. <laughs> yeah, he was. He worked for MI6 or something, and he was like interviewer, and he goes, "Well, as it happens." I was a spy. I was just thinking, oh, that's wonderful. I really like that twist on it. The name's yeah. Muggeridge. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, I'd have a look. It's uh, it's worth a watch. Um, yeah, uh, his his reading of uh, I I read the last uh, the last Le Carre novel I I um, I had read to me on Audible was uh, a delicate truth. It was extremely good, and he read it, and um, uh, he didn't change his voice much between the between the characters. But it is it is very good, and it's yeah, it's nice to have a, a novel read by the uh, by the author. But what's funny about here? He's talking about writing and he's talking about works he's working on mm. at the time of this interview oh, right. oh, and i'm nice. thinking about these as massively historical yeah. pieces of work yeah, yeah. he goes well i'm halfway through such and such and i'm like oh blimey <laughs> i know how it ended and i bet he, d- he didn't know how his mm. story ended at that time but <laughs> yeah. so anyway I enjoy must, uh, i must look at it tone what is on your list sir um i finally got got through reading the uh, gemini force one uh, Jerry Anderson Legacy book, the first of the series. Really good start. It captures the, you know, as I, I've been expecting it for a long time, but it did capture exactly what I expected. The spirit of, you know, things like Thunderbirds mixed with Captain Scarlet to an extent. Yeah, you know, you've got a familiar, so many little side references to all these other shows in there. Really enjoyed it. And um, uh, sat, I, I don't think that's out till. Sort of to non-kickstarters till about April, but but I would recommend it to anyone who likes those those sort of shows, you know. And then I'm looking forward to the next books in that series. It was a really good start. I enjoyed it immensely. Um, also watched Doctor Who. We've covered that really, <laughs> um, but I, I did enjoy it. I I didn't really see. Yeah, you know, I enjoyed it for Capaldi. I enjoyed it for the, the other bits that have changed, like the way they've changed Clara. You know, it's been it's been a good change, I think, and I'm looking forward to the rest of that series. The music and, still the music still sounds like a keyboard demo to me, but there we go. Yeah, but that that's 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, mean, I, I did like that little in, that intro they've done because it was based on something somebody did on YouTube when oh, they heard mm-hmm. Aldi was doing it. Oh, right. And they, it, you know, basically the um, the Fox whoever created it. On, yeah. Yeah. And then at the end of the the one this person created, sort of as a as a little tribute, it was the seal of Russell on. Oh you right, know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Gallifrey at the end of it, huh. the, the the words Doctor Who come out of, but they didn't include that. But it was a really good. You know, it even says you know when they released that that opening sequence, they said, "Oh, this this was heavily based on this." You know. Mm. That somebody on YouTube did just yeah. randomly give the guy a job. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, great, great little visuals. You know, the, the whole concept of the clocks and that fantastic idea. Um, and then I, I did find uh, Goodwill Hunting on Netflix, and I thought, well, I haven't seen it in a while. And that was just after Robin Williams passed away. Um, How did you like them apples? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And um, one of the other things I found, um, that I think Alex, you mentioned it, Deconstructing Harry. All right, you watched it, did you? Yeah. yeah and Robin oh. Williams a little bit in that surprised me. but <laughs> Yeah, it's that's right. Was, yeah, exactly, yeah. Yeah. I thought, yeah, that's just like the sort of role we'd, <laughs> you'd expect him to be in. But yeah, re- yeah, yeah. Really enjoyed that, yeah. And I've, I've just been... Also, I've been going through Farscape. I'm still. I'm in the middle of season two now. On, on that, and it's it's getting weirder than I remember. Mm. It does get weird. It does get weird. It's very yeah. Excellent stuff. Right, and last but not least, Carl, your list, if you please. Sir. Well, first up, as I said earlier, Captain America two, which I just thought was a a rollicking good adventure, and it's yeah. just it's just Marvel at their best. I mean, like I say, it's very born identity. Pie-ish, for mm. want of a better word. It's just the way it's. For want of a better word, I think you need a new dictionary. Yeah, exactly. I did totally, <laughs> mate. Um, no, but it's good. It's got Black Widow in as well as Cap. And uh, they also discover a new, another hero. And it's just, you know, I can't say too much about it because anyone hasn't seen it. There's a massive plot twist about mm. a third of the way through. Yes. Actually, there's a few plot twists in there, thinking about it. Um, but it's just a fantastic action movie. It doesn't matter if it's superheroes. It's just as an action movie alone, it's just fantastic. The way it's shot, the way it's staged, mm. the action, just brilliant all the way through. Um, then I've, so, you know, actually, as I've mentioned before, like coming here, I've watched Frasier and I've gone through all oh, cheers. So I started at Friends. <laughs> so I started <laughs> watching Friends from the beginning again. And it's weird because Friends is one of those, well, I just loved Friends when it was on originally. But it never really grabbed me to go back and watch the episodes again. Now so you I'm weren't watching, one of those watching it all the time when it was on E4 or whatever? No, 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 no. no. Constantly repeated. But now going back to it, it's still, it's still good. Okay, the clothes were a bit weird now, but, but, but the lines, Chandler's lines are just so good still. And, and it's, it's really good. I, I know it's going. I just enjoyed it. I've, I've only just got up to the one where um, like Rachel finds out that Ross loves her. And of course, that's the way that Chandler reacts when he actually realizes he spilt the beans is just priceless. I just love that that scene. Um, and the other one I started watching from the, A Blast in the Past as well, and Thin Blue Line, which is um, <laughs> Rowan Atkinson playing a yeah. copper in a small little station in Gasworth, <laughs> I think it is. Yeah. And yes, yeah. it, it's very sitcom-y. Um, you know, stereotypical sitcom stuff, but it's still written by Ben Elton and it's still got some yeah. nice little lines in it. And also you can see Blackadder sort of sneaking into Rowan Rowan's performance every now and again. It's, I just 
It's I not was, the best I thing. In, I was in love with, what's the name? Constable Habib. Habib, yes. Yeah. Well, you, I think you have to be. I mean, you know. There's nothing else to fancy in there. Really. <laughs> no, not really. <laughs> um, I mean, yeah, it's a bit stereotypical, like real good life type comedy, but it's still, it's still quite entertaining. And um, I, I always love the, the other detective in that, sort of the rival of, Rowan Atkinson's character. Exactly, one, yeah. So you've got the, the one who fascist, trying to outrank him. And, you've got the fascist right wing, yeah. like, like copper. And he says, look, any cock up, my... <laughs> so, well, I can't do it because yeah. it sounds rude. Now, however I, meant, I say it, it sounds rude because that's what he's meant to sound like. But you probably won't appreciate it on your show. But it's, it's still quite funny to watch. And um, yeah, and that's what I've been watching. Excellent. Thank you very much, sir. Right. That is a show. And that is the start of season two of The Airways. We took a two-week break, so I am calling the next 20 episodes season two, because this is episode 21. Right, it only remains to me, for me, me, all me, over here, uh, with me and and this stuff, to ask you, Tone, where can we find you, sir? Uh, On the Twitter, Tone7x20. Excellent Uh, stuff. That's the gateway to everything else. Fantastic, fantastic. Thank you for coming on, sir. uh, Alex, Alex. You can get me by electronic communication device via the Twitter application. Wonderful. What's and, your handle, man? Uh, <laughs> if you type in the at sign, followed by the word very British view, you can send me a message under 140 characters, and I'd be delighted if you did. That's the puppy. Excellent. Thank you, sir. And last but not least, Carl, what are you doing? Where's your stuff? Where can we find you, sir? Get a hold of me on Twitter at Clause0101 or on the Mac and Forth show, which is obviously the British premier Apple podcast. Damn right. <laughs> I say so myself, so there you go. Damn right. <laughs> That's the biggest network podcast Apple thingy I in the world. I haven't got a network. It's only, it's only one I tell you, show. i tell you what, the, the thing I like about the, about the Mac and Forth podcast is that you've, got, you've managed finishes. to find... Sorry? When it finishes. When it finishes, yeah. <laughs> is that you've managed to find... <laughs> You've managed to find three guys who actually work in the in the industry, uh-huh. you know, actually at the coalface working with people's broken Macintoshes, mm. and uh, and they're, and they're good fun. It's all and they good. still have a personality. They still have, yeah, they are fantastic gentlemen. It is it is very good. Yes, all you need excellent. to do now is get a new host, and you're done. Excellent, yep. wonderful, yep. <laughs> great stuff. Well, I know where you live. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for coming on, mate. We shall. I've uh, never, I never ventured that that, that far <laughs> down in the social status. <laughs> oh, <dear. laughs> steady now, steady now. Thanks for coming on, mate. We shall have you back very soon. Cool, cool. And you can find me on Twitter at SFDrummer. That is all we have for this show. If you want to get in touch, drop us a line at airwavesshow at gmail.com or you can leave us a comment at the-airwaves.com or you can get us on our Google Plus community. Go to the Communities tab on Google Plus. Do a search for The Airwaves. You will find us just there. But can we get you an iTunes? Yes, we can. It's happening this week. Cool. It's almost a Bob the Builder song. Can you fix it? Yes, he can. Yes. Yes! We will be back next week with a brand new episode of oh the Airwaves. God. I can't roll me ours. I wish I could. Can you not? No. All right. Try throw it. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, try throwing yourself down a hill. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say try throwing yourself down the stairs. That's what a girl said to me the other day. That's oh, uncanny. dear. Never mind. But until then, take care, everybody. Bye. Here we go. Bye-bye. Up.